show. And today is a Q&A weekend's episode where we answer your question right here on the show. If you have a question you want to ask, just email us at support at businessrepublic.net. We love taking your questions right here on the show. So make sure you go ahead and email us if you have a question at support at businessrepublic.net. As always, I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of The $100 MBA, a complete business training and community online. And today's question comes from Jim. And Jim asks, would it be worth it to have products translated into different languages? Interesting question, Jim. A question I have a pretty good answer for. I'm going to get into details of, is this really important? And if so, how to do it and when to do it in your products and services. A lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of untapped markets out there that are underserved because of a language barrier. But are those markets worth getting into? What kind of resources do you need to get into those markets? We get into it and we talk about the details of Jim's question today. I give my detailed answer. So let's get down to business. Today's episode of the $100 MBA show is sponsored by Acuity Scheduling, our favorite scheduling software for service-based businesses. If you're a business coach, a fitness coach, a lawyer, a consultant, a hairdresser, If you deal with clients, you need Acuity Scheduling. Acuity Scheduling makes it so easy for you to schedule appointments with your clients. I can see this even working if you have a podcast that sets up interviews. Acuity Scheduling is easy to use, it's streamlined, and allows your clients to book the time that's best for you. And it's all automated so you can keep your hands off. Don't believe me? Try it for free for 45 days over at acuityscheduling.com slash MBA. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash MBA. So Jim asks, would it be worth to have my products translated into different languages? Good question. All right. So this is really, really a good question because a lot of people ask, is it worth it to get into a different language market, whether it's Spanish, French, Japanese, and offer your products in those languages? Well, you got to look at your customer base. You got to look at your actual traffic, your current traffic. And the easiest way to do this is to use Google Analytics. It's actually quite easy to use. It's free. And if you're a $100 MBA member, we have a course inside to show you how to use Google Analytics and how to set it up on your website so you can track the traffic. You can track who comes from where on your website. So for example, if I look at my Google Analytics and see that 12% of my visitors are coming from France. So I know that about 12% of my traffic are coming from French-speaking people. Now, depending on the size of your traffic, 12% can mean a whole lot. If you have a million visitors a month, that's 120,000 people coming to your site every month that speak French. So it may be worth translating your ebook, if you're selling an ebook, for example, into French. Well, say, for example, the traffic numbers don't really show you much. Like, for example, if less than 1% of the traffic you're getting to your website is from a non-English speaking country, it may not be worth your investment. This is a very simple and basic way for you to find out if it's worth it. Now, if you look at your analytics and you know it's worth it, it's actually not really worth it until you know it's worth it. And the only way you know it's worth it is if you actually translate it properly. Translations that are done poorly can really ruin your product. And that goes for books, it goes for software that's available in different languages. It could even mean offering support in different languages. Point here is is that if the uh, translation 
or the use of the language is poor, it's really going to make your product look bad. If you have a strong command of another language, a second language, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My parents are Egyptian, so I grew up learning Arabic. I know Arabic fluently. So if I see something that's translated from Arabic to English and it's a really poor translation, it's so obvious it looks really bad. And you probably could tell this even if you don't speak the original language. So say, for example, the original text or the original products is in German and I read a translation. If it doesn't flow like normal conversational English, then it's probably a poor translation. See, a lot of us, we think translating is an easy thing. I could just translate it, get it done on Fiverr, and it's going to be fine. I could sell it. That's a real quick way of ruining your business's reputation. So make sure that if you're going to translate your products or services, that you do it right. You get a professional to do it. Make sure that you have somebody that understands the language, an independent person, tell you if it's a good translation. And this person could be hired. You can find them on freelancer.com or find them on Odesk. Or you might be lucky enough to have a friend or family member that is good with languages. For example, Nicole is very good with languages. She understands English, French, Italian, Spanish, and just languages come easily to her. So you might find somebody in your network that's like that, that can take a look at the sample of the translation that you're getting and tell you, yeah, that's a pretty good translation. It's only worth it if you have enough traffic to make it worth your investment and you get an ROI out of it, and the translation is done right. Now, I want to give you a quick reminder. Just because some of your customers, a few, a handful of your customers are saying, hey, I want this product in this language, it doesn't mean it's the highest priority for your business. You may need to focus on other things that the majority of your users need. So keep that in mind. Sometimes we like to please every single customer, try to please every single customer, but often that doesn't make perfect business sense. The other thing you got to remember is that, especially if you're translating a book, a lot of things don't translate word for word well in another language. References, idioms, metaphors, things like that. So make sure if you have those types of things in your book that the translator takes note of it and either creates a different version of those types of things or you give a different reference that is applicable to that reader. The reader of that language will appreciate the fact that you've catered the translation to their references, to the things that they understand. The other thing I want to mention is that don't go and translate a whole bunch of languages at once. Do one at a time or offer one at a time and see how it works out. See if you are making an ROI, if it's worth your money. See which language has the most demand or how you get the most traffic on Google Analytics. Start with that and then move on from there. It's hard enough to run a business in one language let alone do it in multiple languages at the same time. For example, I can get somebody to translate all the $100 MBA episodes into Spanish and offer it on iTunes. But you have to remember the medium of your product. For example, in podcasting, yes, people listen for the information. They want to get something out of it. But it's the host that they build the relationship with. It's also the way they deliver. It's the way they deliver the actual information. So you got to make sure the host that's translating, the host that's actually on the mic talking in Spanish is on point and is actually a good host for podcasting. Otherwise, you might be investing a lot of time, money, and effort on something that really falls flat. Remember the medium of your product, how it's delivered. Is it a factor why people buy? Books are a little bit more clear cut and even software, but courses, video courses, podcasts, that could be a different story. Delivery matters. 
Guys, I got more on today's topic, but before that, I gotta give love to today's sponsor, Acuity Scheduling. One of my favorite features of Acuity Scheduling is you can require payment at the time of booking. So if you're a coach, a lawyer, a fitness instructor, and you wanna be able to collect payment at the time of booking, Acuity Scheduling lets you do that automatically. You set your smart calendar to require payment when the client books, and even they save the payment information on file so it's auto-charged the next time they book. They don't have to re-enter their details, so they make paying you a whole lot easier. And Acuity integrates with Stripe, PayPal, Authorize.net, Braintree, and it looks beautiful. I've seen a lot of different scheduling apps, and this is why we highly, highly recommend Acuity Scheduling. And when they approached us to become a sponsor of the show, we took a deep dive. We said, wow, this is some really good software, and it's really perfect for our audience because a lot of our audience members are not only business owners selling products, but they are dealing with clients and they're freelancers, and they need a scheduling app that works perfectly for them. So Acuity Scheduling was kind enough to give us a very special offer. You could try Acuity Scheduling for free for 45 days to see if it's right for you. You got nothing to lose, so head on over to acuityscheduling.com slash MBA. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash MBA. All right, to wrap up today's lesson, translating your products or services is not a bad idea if you have the demand for it, if you have the current traffic for it, if you can get it translated properly. And that shouldn't be too hard. There's a lot of experts out there. Like I said, check out freelancer.com, check out odes.com, and make sure the medium of your products lends itself to a direct translation. and doesn't require special talent, whether it's on video talent or on the mic. And of course, try one language at a time. Don't try to translate seven languages at one time. Create a system and then iterate on it. Jim, I hope that answers your question. Hope that helps. Hope anybody who's listening that had the same question in their head, this episode was useful. Guys, if you have any questions, make sure you email us at support at businessrepublic.net. We'd love to answer them. A question that we got tweeted at from 13 Thieves. And the question is, I closed my website store to keep my Etsy store open due to the volume of my orders. Did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake by closing my personal store to balance out my traffic? I have some strong opinions about this one. I get into that in tomorrow's episode and give my answer. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe on whatever you're using, Stitcher, Overcast, so you can get your episodes automatically. It'll download while you're sleeping properly. All right, guys, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. Translating your product or service is something that might be useful, might be a good revenue boost, but I would highly recommend you improve your product to the best of your ability before you do that. Make sure you have the best product possible first to your main audience. Make sure you're offering the best service, the best support, the best documentation. And then once you get to that point where you're really serving your customers at a high level, you may want to look at these different angles of translating your service, your product into a different language. It's kind of hard to say no to a great product or service that you need, regardless of what language it's offered in. All right, guys, that wraps up today's episode. I hope to see you in tomorrow's Q&A episode. I'll see you then. Take care.